A very good afternoon and welcome to Newsbreak Talk, the Sunday edition of Newsbreak Talk exclusive to Lotus FM. I'm Rachel Vardy. Joining me in studio this afternoon is Chanel Daniel, who will be manning the phone lines as we bring you some of the top stories making headlines this week. Remember, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts and views on crime in your area as we focus on murder and kidnapping in Newlands in Durban? It's week three of the Phoenix Triple Murder Trial and we would like to hear your thoughts on what's been happening with the court proceedings. We look at national news as the public public protector court woes continue. It seems to come to no end, or did it? And looking at international news, give your views a voice on the Kashmir issue. Remember, you can WhatsApp your comments, views and opinions on our top stories to 071-613-7803. That's 071-613-7803. Or you can call us on 089-310-8789. That's 089-310-8789. Newsbreak Talk, the Sunday edition, exclusive to Lotus FM. So looking at the top stories in KwaZulu-Natal this week, Newlands in Durban has experienced a spate of serious crimes. On Monday, on Monday night, a 79-year-old woman was allegedly murdered at a home in Newlands West. Newlands West. A manhunt is currently underway as the for the murder suspects. Police spokesperson Captain Nobile Guala says the woman's body was found with assault wounds to her head in the garage at her home. Guala says police are investigating a case of murder and robbery and are in pursuit of the suspects. Meanwhile, on Friday, trauma struck after prayers for a father at one of Newland's as he was leaving a place of worship. It is alleged that when he exited the mosque in Newlands in Durban, three men rushed to the father, pointing firearms at him. They then allegedly bundled him into the boot and sped off with the car. Thanks to quick work by the community members, they managed to pinpoint the location of the victim through his cell phone. He was found unarmed at a location in in Quadebeka. Quadebeka. But attorney and fellow worshipper Sabir Ahmed Jazbai says it will take a very long time for the victim to recover from his hijacking incident.
Salma, this is crazy, and, I, and I'm a bit emotional, but you will understand my point. Just after Namaz, we had lunch, and I got to my car, which is parked behind the mosque, and the Molana got into his car. As he got into his car, three young guys with guns jumped in, and they bundled him into the boot, and they drove off towards uh, Quadabeca. Fortunately, the car stalled, and uh, it's, it's a Toyota important aspect is they burned the clutch. That is why they couldn't go any further. And this man is shaken. He's, he's a father. He just became a father recently. His family is with me at this point in time. The psychologists are here. They're doing everything humanly possible. Crime in Newlands West has suddenly increased to points where the Newlands West people says enough is enough. But that's the point, Mr. Jazzby, because this is the third uh, such incident this week alone that has placed... A young young woman was murdered, a a lady was murdered. So enough is enough. The community is up in arms. Somebody is going to get very seriously hurt if he attempts even to to perpetrate a crime. This is the point. This is the anger that you can probably hear in my voice. And we're trying to talk to the general who is not coming to the party. We're trying to talk to the guys... The most important problem is, and I want to go on record here, is that New Orleans West Police is undermanned. They only got two police vans, eight, eight people to patrol an area that is 27 kilometers that has 250,000 people. This is why crime is so high in New Orleans West. We are easy targets. But this got to stop. But the mosque in itself, does it have its own security? The mosque is a secure place. It, what does animals... What they did was that they waited for everybody to go home. And we were among the last. So have there been any arrests, Mr. Jasbai? No. These are, as I told you, they, they dumped the car and they ran. The good news is, and I say this to everybody, if you are in a hijack situation, do not panic. Keep your cell phone on all the time because the signals are picked up. This is how they, we found him. They were able to... To, to, to translocate him exact spot where he was because the phone was there. Now, can you tell us the um, emotional state of the victim? How is he coping? He is not coping. That's the point I'm making. The man is shattered. He started crying when he saw us. He is broken. You know, the emotional trauma that this youngster is going through, I've been a victim of hijack. I've been a similar victim in that situation. It took me a year and a half to recover with psychological counselling. This is what is happening to a youngster. He's not going to be trusting anybody. He's broken. So, yes, that was attorney and fellow worshipper Sabred Ahmed Jazbai talking about the incident of hijacking on Friday, Friday afternoon. This comes after Monday afternoon when the body of a 79-year-old woman was found in Newlands as well. Have you been a victim of crime? How has it affected you? As um, Jasbai has said, it took him almost a year and a half for him to recover from the trauma that he experienced when he was hijacked. Have you been a victim of hijacking or any other crime? What was the trauma like that you had to live through? 
How were you able to recover from that? Remember, you can give your views a voice on Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM. You can give us a call on 089-310-8789 or WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. That's 089-310-8789 or WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. Staying with news in KwaZulu-Natal, the trial of the man accused of murdering Phoenix mother Jane Govindasamy and her daughter, Denisha and Nikita, entered its third week this week. The mother and daughters were killed at their Longcroft drive home north of Durban in September last year. Colin Pillay, who is who who is government Colin Pillay, who Governor Sami was having an extramarital affair with, was arrested days later. One year after the murder of his wife and two daughters, Sagrin Governor Sami says the thought of the trauma they went through in their final moments still haunts him. Governor Sami has been attending the triple murder trial of his wife's lover, Colin Pillay, in the Durban High Court. Governor Sami found the three bodies in their Phoenix flat north of Durban in September last year. Prabhashni Mudli reports. The investigating officer, Kumaresan Pele, has testified that the police have obtained a video that allegedly proves that the accused, Colin Pele, was near the flat the day his lover and her two daughters were murdered. He also testified that blood spots were found on Colin Pele's shoe and a knife was found near the crime scene. The court also heard that the accused phones was tracked and found to have been in the vicinity of the crime scene the day the murders were committed. Defence advocate Amanda Halley put it to the investigating officer that according to the accused, he was gambling at the local park on the day of the murders. Halley has indicated that according to Colin Pillay, he was assaulted by the police and threatened that the assaults will continue unless he confesses to the murders. Colin Pillay also alleged that the investigating officer asked for a bribe of 500,000 rand. The investigating officer denied all the allegations. Colin Pillay sat silently and attentive in the dock throughout proceedings. He occasionally smirked when he seemingly did not agree with the investigating officer's evidence. Meanwhile, Segrin Govindasamy, Jane's husband, sat at the back of the courtroom listening to the evidence. He has been consistently attending court proceedings, often looking sad. Govindasamy says he is hopeful he'll get justice. feeling much uh, lighter now that uh, the trial is coming to an end that uh, we're going to get justice. It was heartbreaking for me, knowing that my wife could have did a thing like this and where the innocent children were involved. You know, it's very depressing and uh, painful eh, to deal with. Children, I think, of every day. I miss them a lot and they didn't deserve this because they were good children. Govindasamy says he's been tormented by the memory of his two daughters. It was difficult. I can't say I console myself. I just had to be around people where... My mind was busy, so I don't have to think and stay. But only thing, it was gets worse when you go to bed and you're all alone. It's them on your mind all the time and what they went through. The trial has been adjourned until Monday when Colin Pillay is expected to take to the stand. For SABC News, I'm Prabhashni Mudli in Durban. So that was report from Prabhashni Mudli, who was at court this week at the 
trial of the triple murder accused Colin Play, and we heard for the first time from the husband of Jane Gomendasami, that's Segrin Gomendasami, and the father of Denisha and Nikita. What are your thoughts on this trial? It's been going on for three weeks now. It has made headlines for about a year now since the murder took place last September. Do share your views with us on 089-310-8789 or WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. So we do have a few WhatsApp messages that have come through. Ronell from Durban says, I am shocked at hearing news about murders of senior citizens. This is not what we like to hear. I am also over 70 years and I live alone. So scary when one thinks of this. Thank you, Ronell, for getting back to us, for WhatsApping us. Do tell us, what is it that you do to try and keep yourself safe? Rajan Rajkumar from Cape Town says crime is on the rise in South Africa despite all the efforts of our government, the SAPS, community organizations, etc. What is the root cause, he asked. Is it unemployment, too lenient laws, social economic situation, our education system? We need to bring back values in our homes, schools, religious institutions. Failing this, Bring back the draconian laws if we are serious about resolving our crime situation. Thank you for that message, Raj and Raj Kumar from Cape Town. Remember, you can WhatsApp your views and comments to 071-613-7803. Or Chanel Daniels is waiting for your call on 089-310-8789. Now moving to headlines in news making headlines in Gauteng, police say at least 11 people have been arrested after foreign owned businesses were attacked on Wednesday night. Several shops were looted in Dobsonville, Rockville, Zola, Medellin's, Enodal and Pretoria Glen, forcing shop owners to flee. Community members claim the looting was in reaction to counterfeit goods raided on shops by police in the Johannesburg CBD three weeks ago. Gauteng Economic Development MEC Kosienzo Ramahopa says attacks on foreign-owned businesses threaten investment opportunities. This follows the looting of the foreign-owned shops in Soweto. Communities who spoke to SABC News say they have decided to loot to avenge the attacks on police who were attacked while trying to raid shops for counterfeit goods in the Johannesburg CBD. Sasha Naidu reports. Hundreds of foreign nationals have had to flee Soweto following the violent attacks on them and their shops. On Wednesday afternoon, some Soweto residents went on the rampage, looting foreign-owned shops. From tea bags to bags of millimeal, they stole it all, leaving the foreign traders high and dry. Gauteng Economic Development MEC Josienzo Ramachopa says if such attacks continue, the province will be negatively affected as far as investment is concerned. Ramachopa was speaking during his visit to Soweto. He says there's a need to address the challenge of unemployment and poverty. Obviously, in the meantime, there has to be a policing intervention because we must address the issues of illegality. But it's like kicking a can down the road. You are going to encounter the same problem tomorrow. 
So until you resolve what appears to be an intractable problem of unemployment and poverty, uh, you are going to find manifestations of this. I wouldn't be surprised sometime in the future. Uh, they cease to target foreign migrants and they go to some of the retail malls. Some Soweto residents insist that foreign shop owners should stay out of the township. A few community members who spoke to SABC News say the foreign shop owners who fled must not come back. As a resident, I feel bad, but then at the same time I blame the government. Because the government is the one who is causing all of these things. Because these people came here without any papers that they must come here. They say they sell their things, they don't bank, they take our money, they take it back home. So I I feel bad to feel bad, but uh, they must go. Johannesburg Mayor Herman Mashaba says this looting is as a result of the government's failure to secure the country's borders. He says some of the foreign shop owners have been bringing counterfeit goods in the country and local people are frustrated. Our local people are losing jobs on a daily basis because our factories are closing, uh, local retail stores are, are closing. Our own people can't operate their businesses uh, in, in their own communities because they can't compete with these counterfeit goods that are, that are brought into the country. They cannot compete with people who are running business at the back of human trafficking, modern slavery that takes place in our own country. So when things like this happens, what do you expect to get? It's really quite unfortunate. Seven suspects have been arrested in connection with the looting incidents. Gauteng police spokesperson K. Makubele. We don't know how many shops were attacked as they were spreading all over the locations of Soweto, but the foreign nationals were some escorted from Soweto out of the area. Some, they said they are going to their relatives. A large police contingent will continue to monitor the township. I'm Sash Naidu in Johannesburg. So that story coming out for us from Gauteng with the Soweto looting that did take place this week. It's just gone 20 past one. You tuned into Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM, the Sunday edition. Do give us a call on 089-310-8789 and share your views on our top stories. Or you can WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. It's Newsbreak Talk, the Sunday edition with me, Rachel Vadi. And now it, Chanel tells me that we have a few callers on the line. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. A very good afternoon, Salvin. Hi, Rachel. You know, I'm sorry, I'm such an emotional person. I'm sure you'll know that. I, I just hear the news just now. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, there is high that uh, EMS, uh, you know, paramedic vehicle, it's sad, you know. But nevertheless, talking about the crime, Rachel, the question you, 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 you put forth is what happens to these guys? I did see the WhatsApp. A guy murdered someone in reservoirs, escaped the Westfield prison. Now, what is the judicial system up to? That's one. Two, what I'd like to know is very quickly, we've got to be careful how we say things. Because yesterday, uh, someone was talking about something about crime, the Crimson League and so forth, associated with the Dettel Tamil Vedic Society. And that's not true, eh? It's not good to associate crime with a religious organization. But getting back to the crime in the area, I think the judicial systems have to do what Becky Taylor is doing in Cape Town in KZN. They will keep up the good work. Let me give the others a chance. But Salvin, have you been a victim of crime? Let me ask you that. 
Rachel, on the 19th of July, 2002, the old of Reservoir Hills know, I've been shot and hijacked in my left leg. And guess what? They want to come. I had to retaliate and defend myself. And the, 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 the police was going to come to take my firearm for ballistics. <clears throat> but fortunately, the station commander, Mr. Naidu, was so understanding, he said, no ways. I was a victim defending myself. Yesterday, Mr. Gandhi, he, uh, the, the grandfather, he saved his children, and uh, they tried to attack him. So now, I was a victim twice, Rachel. So uh, have you been able to recover from the trauma of those criminal activities, and how were well, you able to do that? Rachel, uh, thanks to the social cohesion, the backup of my family, societies, and most importantly of all, I got involved with a cycling club, and that made me think positively. I'm actually a cyclist. I can't jog anymore because I've been shot on my knee, left knee. I always say this. That's why I say security, safety, and Lotus creating this awareness is so good. But I hope the authorities are listening to see how disturbed we are. But Rachel, once again, thanks for the awareness that you'll create. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling us, Salvin. We really do appreciate it. And I'm glad that you found an outlet for the trauma that you experienced through the uh, cycling. Remember, you too can share your views like Salvin did with us. Our number in studio is 089-310-8789 or you can WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. I do believe we have Mrs. Gavinder on the line now. Good afternoon, Mrs. Gavinder. Good afternoon, Rachel. Uh, I just want to tell you my story. We were hijacked just a couple of meters away from home. We were coming from a funeral. And then my uh, daughter, son-in-law, children, and I were in the car. But fortunately, we drove from that uh, spot straight to the hospital. And then by that time, my daughter was shot and everything was going on. The bullet was inside there. She stayed in the hospital for a couple of days. And up to today, she is suffering with a leg and nerve and everything got buggered up. And where did this and happen, Mrs. Gavinder? In the Sapingo Rail. And how have you all recovered from that trauma since then? We went for counselling and the police was involved, but we never get any joy from the police. The police come and question us just like we robbed somebody. That's but, how it carries on. But did the counselling help you with the trauma? Yeah, a little bit. We have to pay. We have to get better. That is all. We have to carry on in life. Yes, we do. Thank you so much, Mrs. Gavinder, for calling yeah, in and sharing. This uh, country, I don't know what to say. Every day I'm hearing people are dying, people are dying. The old people are getting murdered. It's so sad to hear all these things. Yes, thank you so much, Mrs. Gavinder. It is sad. Okay. That is why we try and bring awareness to these issues. Thank you so much for calling us and sharing your views on Newsbreak Talk.
Looking at our WhatsApp line now, a message from Renee. Good afternoon, Rachel. Crime. Good afternoon, Renee. Crime is certainly spiraling out of control. Every single day we are hearing of murders, robberies, hijacking, land invasions and protests. I don't think it will ever stop now that the unemployment rate is also on the rise. Adding to the crime are corrupt police officials and foreigners who are seeking refuge in South Africa. The illegal foreigners are just adding to the population and I think that the illegal foreign nationals should be deported back to their countries. Security should be tightened at the border controls and sad to say that the death sentence will most probably deter criminals from committing violent crimes. Thank you very much for sharing your views with us, Renee. Moving on, there appears to be no no end to the court rules for the public pro- protector, Busisiwe Mkwabane. The High Court in Pretoria has ru- has agreed with President Solo Ramaphosa's legal team that the public protector's record of the CR17 campaign will be concealed. This after Ramaphosa wrote to the court to request that bank statements related to donations made to the CR campaign, including the 500,000 rand Busasa, not be made public as his lawyers suspect that the evidence was obtained through illegal means. Pumzile Mlange provided this report. Ramaphosa approached the office of the judge president in a bid to halt the public protector from making public some financial statements of those who donated to the campaign. He accused Mkwebane of having obtained financial information from bank accounts linked to the campaign, which she used in her report implicating him in money laundering unlawfully. Deputy Judge President Obrile Daba has met with legal representatives of both parties and has decided that the documents will remain sealed. This means the information relating to financial statements of some donors will not be made public. This as the donors would be prejudiced as they donated the money on condition of anonymity. The public protector is, however, not pleased with the decision. Spokesperson Oba Sekhalwe. The public protector is disappointed with that decision because she strongly believes that uh, the public has a right to know in this instance. But also, she's of the view that uh, the president's legal team did not uh, make any basis uh, for the kind of decision that was taken. If you recall, in their letter, they only indicated that they suspected that uh, uh, you know that information was obtained illegally. And the public protector has moved to clear all of that to say she obtained this information from a statutory body, the FIC, so it could not have been obtained illegally. In her report, Mkwebane found the president deliberately misled parliament on a question about a 500,000 rand Bosasa donation to his CR17 campaign. She also instructed the NPA to investigate possible money laundering by the CR17 campaign. I am Pumzilim Langini in Pretoria. We welcome the judgment in the Pretoria Meanwhile, the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, or CASAC, has welcomed the judgment by the Pretoria High Court that has ruled that the public protector, Busisiwe Mkwabane, should pay 7.5% of the cost in her personal capacity relating to the Frieda Dairy Farm report, which was previously set aside as unconstitutional. 
The court has ordered that Mkwabane's office should pay 85% of the cost in the case. Kasek and the Democratic Alliance approached the High Court to have the report set aside. Lawson Naidu, Executive Secretary of Kasek, says with the mounting legal woes facing the public protector, she should consider resigning. I caught this morning that has ordered the public protector to pay uh, a portion of the cost in the, uh, in the Frida Dairy Farm matter on a personal and punitive scale in favour of the two applicants, Kasak and the Democratic Alliance. The order is that she should pay 7.5% of those costs on a, on a personal uh, at a personal level. And we believe that this is consistent with the court's finding regarding her conduct in this matter, which the court has said fell far short of what is required in terms of the constitution and the responsibilities of the office of the public protector. Now, Lawson, why exactly did Kasak approach the High Court about having this report set aside? Well, because we felt initially that the report was a shoddy piece of work, that it really skirted around the issues and did not apply its mind to the true transgressions in what we know was a massive level of fraud and corruption that deprived the people of the free state of over 200 million rands in public funds that were channeled to private sector beneficiaries, including the Gupta family, uh, through the involvement of senior politicians and government officials in the free state. Now, Mkwabane has said that she will seek leave to appeal the ruling of the High Court in Pretoria, that she should pay that 7.5% of the costs in her personal capacity. Your reaction to her next move? Well, I mean, I think it's highly unlikely that she will get a leave to appeal. I think the judgment is very, very clear. The judgment is clearly premised and focused largely on the judgment of the recent judgment of the Constitutional Court in the Reserve Bank matter. And in fact, Judge Tolmey waited to release, release this judgment so that she could get guidance from the Constitutional Court, which she has now applied. And I think it would be futile for the public protector to seek to uh, appeal this matter and incur further legal expenses when the law is very, now very, very clear uh, that she committed misconduct and must carry the consequences in the form of a punitive personal cost order. But this seems like everything is snowballing and working against her in a sense. What happens next to the public protector in terms of law? What legal right does she have after this? I'm not sure what legal right she has. She's been found wanting by the courts now on a number of occasions. I think the moral and ethical thing for her to do would be to resign and to step down immediately so as to, uh, to uh, prevent further harm being done to the office of the public protector. The ANC has set aside two... And that was Lawson Naido, Executive Secretary of the Council for the Advancement of South African Constitution, talking to Newsbreak's Salma Patel. It's just gone 13.35 on Newsbreak, talk on Lotus FM, and we have Mr. Louis Pillay on the line. Thank you so much for holding, Mr. Pillay. Uh, thank you, uh, and well, uh, good afternoon to the listeners. I think first of all, you've got to look at now we're in the middle of August, right? So what are the local councillors doing in all areas? You know, our nation is finished now. And, you know, people need to wake up. They need to get up from the sleeping zone. And they got to look at crime. In every area, we have one member of parliament. And then we have local councillors. What are they doing about crime? They should do something about it. Even in national government, they're infighting with political parties for petty things. And the poor is suffering. The disadvantage is suffering. The unemployment is still growing. So, you know, 
someone needs to come to the party now and fight all this thing about crime, about the underprivileged, the disadvantaged, the underemployed. So we need to walk smoothly in order to do this. Like I said, we've got one member of parliament in every area in South Africa. And they can't be sleeping now. They, they, they know the hijackings are taking place. The local councillors know the hijackings are taking place. What they doing about it? But Mr. Pillay, there are programs in place. The government has programs in place. You see police look um, with the roadblocks and having huge successes in arresting individuals. What do you think should be done? I think every councillor should belong to the sector policing or the CPF, that is the Community Police Forum. They should have a seat in every department. And they should take every police station and see whether they've got plenty of vehicles. I mean, we did it in the Phoenix area, we did it in Pinetown area. I mean, there was a shortage of vehicles. And we had to get spare vehicles from Pretoria in order for the police to operate in KZN. So why can't the people that are getting paid with our rates money, with our tax money, do something about it? They need to come to the party. Very good point, Mr. Pillay. Thank you so much for calling and sharing your views and your comments on Newsbreak Talk. Moving on now, embattled Etequeni Mayor Zandile Gomere has officially been fired. The KZN branch of the ANC confirmed that Gumede has been redeployed following the special provincial executive committee meeting which ended on Monday. Looking a little bit about the history of this, in May last year it emerged that Gumede was being investigated by the Hawks for allegedly facilitating money laundering, fraud and corruption, allegedly to pay back cronies who helped pave the way to realize her political ambitions. An investigation found that Gumede was allegedly involved in a 25 million rand tender for a sanitation company. In May this year, Gumede appeared in the Durban Commercial Crimes Court after she handed herself over to the Hawks. In June, it was confirmed that Gumede was temporarily setting da- stepping down from her position. The decision was taken by the, a- by the KwaZulu-Natal ANC provincial leadership following her appearance in court on corruption charges. On Tuesday, the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal officially fired Gomere and other top officials at the municipality, citing their failure to manage the city's affairs. The ANC in KwaZulu-Natal has now begun a process of engaging with its councillors and branch leaders in both the Etekweni Metro and Umsuduzi municipality. This follows a complete overhaul of political office bearers in the two municipalities. The party has started a process of finding replacements for the recalled political heads, including the mayors in the two municipalities. Vusi Makosini reports. The ANC has set aside two days to meet with branch leaders and councillors in the two municipalities to inform them about the party's decision. Among those who have been recalled is Etewini Mayor Zandilokumete and Umsunduzi Mayor Tembanjilo. Kwasnatat ANC spokesperson Ricardo Mtembo explains. So we're going to be going uh, to different uh, structures and stakeholders, your ratepayers and other organizations, to explain to them our decision so that they are not confused, they are not hearing only on the media, but their leadership is interacting with them directly. We want to ensure that uh, 
uh, we, we show our community and uh, the public that we are taking them serious on the mandate that they gave to us uh, on the uh, 2015 during the local government election. Although all the office bearers have been recalled from their positions, but they remain as ordinary councillors. They will have to write letters to their respective newspaper managers indicating that they are stepping down from their positions. The Wazunatal Cooperative Governance Department says it will ensure a smooth transition of political leadership in the two municipalities. Cooperative Governance MEC Sipotlo Muga explains. As soon as parties have concluded their processes, the department will work with the affected municipalities to reconstitute the council and facilitate the election of office bearers where necessary. We have commenced with the support plan for all affected municipalities. Our main objective as COCTA is to support municipalities and ensure that there is an uninterrupted delivery of services and administrative stability in the municipalities. As always, our primary concern is the welfare of municipal residents. Meanwhile, Kumete supporters say they are still studying the ANC's report on the state of the Etewin Metro, which the party based its decision on to recall all their members on the municipality's executive committee. The spokesperson for Zandle Kumete's supporters, Mzo Dube, elaborates. We have actually seen the report even though we did not receive it in a formal way, but we finally had to have a look at it. We are relying on people who may actually make sense of it because sometimes you might omit certain things, especially if you are actually in a situation like ours. So we'll wait for that process and then we'll take it from there. Local government experts say the recall office bearers will have to write letters to their respective municipal managers who will then convene a council meeting to elect new office bearers. Meanwhile, it expected that Etegwini Metro will have a full council meeting. I am Vusi Makosini in Devon. It's almost quarter to two on Newsbreak Talk this Sunday afternoon, and it's back to the lines that we go. Um, we do have Amar on the line. Good afternoon, Amar. Good afternoon, Rachel. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. How are you doing okay. this afternoon? Good, very good this afternoon. Also, good afternoon to all the listeners listening in today. Uh, look, uh, we live in a beautiful country. Uh, everybody wants to come into this country and enjoy what we have in this country. But... With the escalating crimes and corruption that is happening in this country, we all got to do our best um, to make sure that we are very vigilant. We help the uh, authorities also to curb these crimes that are happening in our country. There's so much that we can do instead of blaming each other. We shouldn't be blaming each other. The police is doing what they can. The ministers are doing what they can also to help curb the crime. People want to come into this country. Some are doing it illegally because they want to also enjoy what we enjoy in this country. Now, with regards to the case of uh, uh, the triple murder, what's happening in, in the court at the moment, we're sitting every day in the court and we are family members. We experienced something that we, and we also learned something that we didn't know how much the authorities do for us. When you listen to this trial, you, you, you only begin to understand that the police has done the best. They are still doing the best. The amount of investigations went into this murder, we couldn't believe it ourselves. 
Because and, we know they're definitely putting a lot. And how does that make you there. feel, Amar? How does that make you feel? Look, it makes us feel good that they have done their work. Especially, look, I'm going to mention this because I want, why I want to mention this is at first we didn't know whether the authorities were doing their work or not. Really, we didn't believe it until we sat in the court and we listened to all the evidence that came through. The investigators of Phoenix Police Station put in so much of work. And, yes, the provincial uh, task team has taken over the case, and they have also done their part in this uh, investigating this crime, too. We, we're sitting at the moment in court where it's at the peak, and we're hoping and we're praying that whoever was responsible for these murders will be brought to book. And we definitely do know that we will have some kind of closure at the end of this trial. But it is difficult, and we don't look upon blaming each other. We should just support each other, especially in this country that we're living in. Support each other, give our authorities a chance. They deserve a chance. They've done a lot, and they are still doing more. Well, Amar, thank you so much for calling. Um, you know, with most people bashing the authorities, the, the court system and police, it's good to hear that in your case, the police are doing something positive and helping in this case that is affecting your family. On to our next call now, we have Eric. Good afternoon, Eric. Uh, good afternoon. Always a good show. And good afternoon to your listeners. Okay, what I want to say is that the drug problem, like I'm from Chatsworth, Yet we had it on the radio when everybody came. Yes. But you get more and more drug laws that are coming up. The drug problem is one pathetic. The cops have a raiding squad. They do not catch the dealers. They catch the people who buy. Then they leave them. They come out caution and they start. But the drug problem has gone out of it. Is the drug problem affecting you personally, Eric? Yeah, it affects me personally also. Do you know of anybody that's been robbed or um, some sort of criminal activity that may have taken place by these drug users? Yes. And then, and, then, and then if you go to the cops, you tell them this guy is selling the drugs. The cops are telling this guy, yes, certain people sent us to your house. So you have reported these drug dealings to the authorities? No, I know people who have. And still there seems to be no joy. With the drug problem, there's no joy. The drug dealers are growing by the day. I know. And it's so so legal. It is so legal. It's not dark and so. It's so legal. The cops find these guys buying it from the drug dealer, okay? And catch the guys on the road. Not attacking the drug dealer. I know the the problem of of drug dealing and drug use and abuse in Chatsworth is on the rise. Newsbreak talk and Newsbreak, um, the weekly edition. We also we are always focusing on this issue. We have experts like Sam Pillay from the Anti Drug Forum coming through and speaking to us about the issues. But it seems to be no end. Thank you very much for that call, Eric. Now on the line we have Morgan Pather. Very good afternoon, Morgan. Hi, very good afternoon, Rachel. How are you doing this good afternoon? I'm well, thank you. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Rachel, just a quick one. I just thought I'd reverse, reverse this. Game. In your own capacity, if you had to give us some of your views how to reduce crime rate, let's hear from your point. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Morgan. Do you want to share some of your views on how you think crime should be reduced? Well, I think as listeners, I think we practically covered the page. And seeing that you seem to be doing a pretty good job out there, let's hear your bit of the take and 
hopefully we can all put this together and move forward. Well, as journalists here at Newsbreak, the most that we can do is report on what's been happening and bring in experts to speak to us about it. Often we speak to police, we get their views, they give us advice on what we can do. We have community policing forums on this platform talking to us about that because we are here to educate and provide information. So I think that's the best that we can do, and I hope we are doing that for you, Morgan. No, 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 most certainly, but your ideology going forward, what would you say, some of your highlights perhaps? Well, like I've said, it's been with regards to reporting on it, bringing the right people on the platform to provide news and information for us. Thank you very much for your call, Morgan. My pleasure, man. Yes, it's Newsbreak Talk. It's just gone 10 to 1. We have 10 minutes more left on the show. Do give us a call on 089-310-8789 or you can WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. And going through the WhatsApp line now, we have a message from Anonymous who says, We are sitting on a time bomb waiting to explode. As long as we remain the most unequal society in the world, we will be susceptible to all sorts of crime. We need introspection to see how we are contributing to stats. How many amongst us employ undocumented foreign nationals to maximize profit? Where do you think these people live? They are forced to squat to squatter informal settlements which we then complain about how many of us buy fake clothes and pirated dvds and mp3s and other goods but complain about factories closing down how many people pay cool drink money to cops but complain about bribery and corruptions drugs are sold by those around us destroying communities yet we accept donations and handouts from them. When raids are carried, it is the same neighborhood that prevents police from carrying out their duties. Let the change start with us. Remember, our kids learn from our actions. And that message was from Anonymous. Another message from Shani Singh who says, Good topic. If our justice system sets an example with these culprits, then I'm sure crime will be reduced. And how this murder suspect escaped from wasteful prison with so much security around us is very strange. Thank you so much for that message, Shani Singh. Another message from Anonymous who says crime has escalated drastically in view of the foreigners. These foreigners work hard to earn their living while our locals are lazy and expect things for nothing. They claim that the foreigners are selling fake products, but when they are looting, aren't they taking the same fake products? Our country is corrupt, innocent people are getting arrested, and attorneys acting on behalf of these foreigners are being arrested, are earning their living from these foreigners. That message from Anonymous.
And another message from Vincent Reddy who says, You want to stop the crime in the country? Bring back the death penalty. Then see how the crime stops. You steal, remove your hands. You kill, be killed. You rape, be removed. Strong views there coming through from Vincent Reddy. And another message from Rama Mudli who says, Whoever does ever recover from this hideous crime, the children are left without parents. When is this crime stopped? Cases stay forever, sometimes lack evidence. They come scot-free. That message there from Rama Mudli. Another message coming through regarding the triple murder trial. I feel this case is all corrupted. From the beginning of the case last year till date, the statements and testimonies don't match. And we have a whole list of some of the incidences uh, that have been brought forward at court. Um, Yes. Some strong views coming across there. Remember, you can still WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803 or give us a call on 089-310-8789. It's gone 5 to 1. You just have five more minutes to share your views. Give your views a voice on Newsbreak here on Lotus FM. Looking at international news, India celebrated its 73rd Independence Day this Friday. This amid worldwide controversy on social media to its withdrawal of Article 370, effectively stripping Kashmir of its special status. Article 370 acknowledges the special status of the state of Juma and Kashmir in terms of autonomy and its ability to formulate laws for the state's permanent residence. Effectively, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi's right-wing Hindu government has split Kashmir in Two. Pakistan nationals living in South Africa say they are disappointed with the recent events in Kashmir. A communications blackout in Kashmir continues with other curbs also in place. Our Indian correspondent Rana Sen reports. Telephone and internet services remain cut since August 5th when Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi stripped Kashmir's special constitutional status. Photojournalist Sumit Dayal returned overnight from Kashmir where people struggled to make contact with the outside world. What is happening is that the fear of reporting from Kashmir is in the air. And so a lot of people are not being able to go out. I think 52 of the local dailies are kind of shut down. They're not being able to report or be able to sort of portray the story in its entirety right now. Not too long ago, Modi's BJP party soared by news reports filed by global radio, TV or newswire services. But now, Kashmir's senior police officer Munir Khan attacked the same media 
after his soldiers opened fire with shotguns in the streets of Kashmir. The opposite parties, including neighboring states, they take the initiative of unleashing the propaganda. The videos of 2016 circulating now, videos of 2010 even in circulation now. So that is part of their propaganda. But it is actually the Modi government which is waging a propaganda war, complained opposition Kashmiri politician Samir Kaul. And there is a same set of posts pictures and the posts that are coming out. The government agencies come out with that. Some media companies which are participating in this propaganda war, they are coming out with the same posts. And Pakistan's Foreign Minister Shah Mohammad Qureshi also expressed concerns over the blackout in India's only Muslim majority region. This action has undermined peace and security of the region. There are concerns of human rights violations. There's a communication blackout. Journalists are not being allowed in. So the news is not filtering out. There's absolute confusion, uncertainty. One is hearing of non-availability of medicines. I do not know whether they will lift the curfew. Unlike in the West, India's media is too timid and reluctant to act, said journalist and politician Ashutosh as he sought political accountability from the national leaders. There is no interrogation of Mr. Narendra Modi as Mr. Manmohan Singh was questioned on a daily basis for good three years. Today, channel after channel, TV bulletins after bulletins, anchor after anchors, editor after editors, they refuse to question Mr. Amit Shah and Mr. Narendra Modi. That's a reality. Political dissidents are in detention. A virtual curfew is in place. Barbed wire barricades are everywhere. For news break, this is Anna Sen in New Delhi. Yes, that was the report from Rana Sen in New Delhi with regards to the Kashmir um, news that has been making headlines this week. It's just before 2 p.m. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your views, giving your views a voice on Newsbreak Talk. That's a wrap of the Sunday's edition of Newsbreak Talk. The program was brought to you by executive producer Salma Patel and Newsbreak producer Chanel Daniel. Matthew Viren will be back tomorrow morning between 6 to 7 a.m. with the latest in current affairs. The gorgeous Namitha Gadraj is standing by with your news. I'm Rachel Buddy, wishing you a blessed and safe afternoon. Afternoon.